What up? You're listening to Almost Accurate. I'm Jake. I'm a moist body part named Ryan. And this moist body part is once again coming to us from a remote location. Ryan, where in the world are you this week? I'm in the Zen Den, man. I'm up here in my bedroom and my PJs. You know, I got football going on on the TV, and I'm just laying here on the floor next to some cranberry juice in the water. Yeah, with my best friend. How about yourself? Uh, well, I'm in. Uh, I guess almost accurate HQ East. I guess east of your east of your position. I'm yeah, hunkered down. I'm over here turning the ones and twos, just really monitoring these audio levels, realizing it it's not going to make a difference because of Google Meet's compression. And I'll be waiting uh, an hour for this to process just so I can slap some intro music over the top of it and cut out that part where we were talking about the FBI and Trump at the beginning of this. So, oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> I was there. I remember. I recall. <laughs> yeah. You recall that conversation we had 45 seconds ago before we started recording for real. So... <laughs> <laughs> peek behind the curtain. This isn't the first thing we've said to each other today. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. yeah. That's usually how we roll. That's usually how any interview goes. I couldn't imagine just going in cold with somebody and be like, all right, so the interview's starting out. Here we go. Without like some warm up. Like you have to do that. Like any time I've been in any kind of interview or anything, I mean you have to do that. Oh yeah. And the my job I used to do uh, film like on the, I basically did the office um, where I filmed interviews with people, like sit down person to camera interviews. And oh, yes, I remember. yeah, it was really weird and because nobody had a personality and you really had to make them seem like interesting people where they're talking about interesting things. Um, but everybody, they, and this is going to come as a surprise to most people, they, people don't act normal when they have a camera pointed at them. So you've really got to, um, you know, ask them some really uh, some questions to kind of warm them up. You know, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? Um, do you have any sort of uh, kinks that you'd like to share with anyone on camera before we start the interview? How many sexual partners have you had? Um, yeah. How many sexual partners do you have? Do you have any STDs? You know, just really like questions it. to get people to to loosen up, you know, on camera. Uh, what are your political views? <laughs> yeah, that's always good. Where do you stand on religion? Um, yay or really yay? <laughs> I've seen something wherever, um, you know, there's like uh, pictures being taken of these people after someone says they're pretty or beautiful and all the people are like very smiley. And I was thinking like, that would be a terrible idea because if you told somebody that on camera, it would almost be like sexual harassment, right? Like, you're real pretty. You're really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and then just, like, lick your lip a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I have to admit, I did not uh, do that uh, to anyone sure, because it's not a good idea. I'm assuming that people do that as part of, like, an art installation or something, and maybe they know what they're getting into. Um yeah, it, it not maybe not just a random sit down where someone's like, "Hey, do you want to sit down and have your picture taken?" And be like, "Oh, you're looking real good today," because I feel like <laughs> if someone said it like that, that that would give the opposite. Uh, you get the opposite expression, like uh, just completely disgusted. <laughs> 
be like, uh, you give me a boner. Uh, you should have said that. I mean, that's, that's probably going to have the same effect. Yeah, basically. I mean, it's just the first frame is the person sitting there, and the second one is them blurry, just standing up and leaving as quickly as possible. Maybe they have a boner, too, or an extended clitoris. <laughs> Because that's how that works. <laughs> it could oh. be them. It could. <laughs> oh, well, Ryan, it's it's great to, you know, be doing this over um over Google Meet again. And uh as you as you found out just mere hours ago, you do not have COVID, even though you've been sick for four days. It's a different thing, apparently. We don't know what it is but not COVID allegedly. Yeah. I have no idea what it is, which works out bad and good for me. I'd get my time back if uh, I did have COVID for my time off, but also because I don't have COVID and clear to get a tattoo this weekend. So that is what I'm going to be doing with my life. What do you get a tattoo of the novel coronavirus? I should for, <laughs> well, i Possibly having it twice, though they say I didn't. It's a little suspect. Um, but I am so, it's so weird to be serious on this podcast. Um, but uh, I, my sister's gone through quite a bit this year, and um, right. so is my wife's sister. And then I got a girl on the way um, in like 69 days. Nice. Um, and, All right, back and, to being uh, serious. <laughs> Yeah, and I am getting a uh, Rosie the Riveter, but more punk style, out like a modern day kind of thing. And on there, it's going to say over my dead body. So oh, I think dick. it's kind of um, like, you know, all this stuff going on where women's people are telling what women can do with their bodies and stuff. And just my experience this year. And I'm just like, you know, it's pretty punk rock to be against the system. So if you're like over my dead body, you can out for what you believe in and doing that. I, I don't know. I felt that was a good idea. It really just kind of popped in my head. There's always a rule of threes for me whenever I get a tattoo. There's three ideas that got to come together. Um, so we'll see how it looks. Fuck yeah. That sounds awesome. I uh, hope it, uh, yeah, if it, hope it turns out great. We'll throw it up on the, throw it up on the socials after, after you're all healed up. Yeah, and bloody. <laughs> and we're and we're in bloody and in the same room again. We we kind of did the math here. We haven't been in the same room since uh, June. A month and I a think. half. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know if you're really back in America, you could still be in Paris. I could be, except there was photos of me in South Carolina that surfaced allegedly on the internet last week, and I can neither confirm nor deny that that was me. They may, it may be like that. There's a South Carolina looking place in Paris. Yeah, the, <laughs> with South Carolina acting people. Yeah, <laughs> well, there could be white trash people in in um, Paris too. Yeah, Euro trash is, I believe, what they call them there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got white trash and Euro trash. Yeah, man. <laughs> they had yeah all these weird Parisian beach shops that have like Donald Trump photoshopped onto Rambo's body, riding oh, on God. the front of a tank with an American flag. I've seen that before. Uh, there was uh, in Kernersville, where you used to live, and I currently live. There was some place selling flags like that, like maybe a year and a half ago. Hmm. Can't think of anything that happened a year and a half ago. 
can't either. The coronavirus. <gasps> no, I was actually talking about in case they were preparing for some sort of group field trip to Washington, D.C. last January. But anyways. Oh, yeah, I went to that whenever I was a kid in fifth grade. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Remember when all those fifth graders stormed Congress and tried to hang Mike Pence? Yeah, it would probably have been easier to get away with, you know, if it was children. You it think? Be, you know, yeah. I mean, they can't try all the children. And they wouldn't be on file anyway, you know? And to be fair, those kids were wearing, like, a trench coat with, like, three of them stacked on top of each other. So they looked really, like, a really tall person. With I've a really seen a small head. I know how this works. <laughs> oh yep what a great place to live anyways um <laughs> you mean america or washington dc yeah i mean this country <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse we could be living in russia yes it could be you're right it could be worse and it is it is strange the people that we are obsessed with but uh speaking of uh, being obsessed with that, this uh, you posted this um, that Albuquerque is uh, they are revealing bronze statues of Walter White and Jesse Pinkman. How about that? Blows my mind. I've seen the pictures of it, and I was just like, wow. I also saw that the creator of um, Breaking Bad is not going to revisit that universe again as of right now. I mean, they've I, been doing Better Call Saul for the last six or seven years, too. So he's probably ready for something else. <laughs> yeah, agreed. And I don't know. Uh, it wasn't like a completely different show like Cheers and Frasier. Frasier is my favorite TV show of all time. Um, and I just feel like that was such a deviation from the actual show. Um, I mean, it was still a comedy, but it was different. Where Better Call Saul, from what I've seen of it, and Breaking Bad, were very similar in some ways. Yeah, and they had they did the El Camino movie El Camino, uh, which we watched forty eight years ago. It feels like, and um, yeah, yeah, how many times have we gone back to watch that? Uh, never is that is uh, was that a Netflix original? <laughs> I can't even remember who who had that. I just yeah. remember that. Was it AMC? It might have been not AMC. A, A, AMC. I think weren't they the ones who were doing? I can't remember. I but I think it was Netflix and someone else joined forces. Yeah, they joined forces. And again, 2019, different landscape for streaming services. There's like not quite as many. Yeah, and I also see that Netflix. Um, I believe Disney has more subscribers than Netflix now. The, so that actually goes straight into our next th news bit, which was the news that HBO and Discovery are getting together and Disney's Disney's bringing in ads. And the numbers that mm -hmm. I saw were that Netflix is still at 222 million worldwide subscribers, but Disney is at 138. Oh, which, man. When you consider that Netflix had literally like a 10 year head start. If we're just talking about the streaming service, not the mate, not sending people DVDs in the mail. <laughs> well, Disney, if you think about it, I mean, they have a collection of things that you could say that they have 
the upper hand because Disney's been doing movies and stuff, beloved movies, that for years and years and years, long ago. Yes, some could say that there are some very dodgy Mickey Mickey Mouse cartoons from the 30s. That <laughs> they could. They really don't want to talk about anymore. <laughs> I, was, Mickey, was any of them Mickey? Yeah, Mickey Mouse doing like blackface and like paddling down the Mississippi River. And it's like, wow, I can't believe that they didn't put this on Disney+. Plus. That didn't yeah. even get the... the uh, you remember they had that disclaimer where it was like, this movie was made yeah. in 1954. It's got some racist shit in it. Please keep that in mind if you want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to do that for anything you watch. You know, it's kind of like, and I'm dumbing it down, but it's kind of like watching the NBA now versus the NBA then or football. Um, over time, things change, like in theatricals and, you know, in life and everything. So change is always constant. Yeah, that movie like Tropic Thunder where Robert Downey Jr. did blackface for most of it. <laughs> Nobody got on to him about that. I've always wondered why. Hey, uh, how that was came out in 2009. But I mean, still people were apologizing for things that happened back in the 80s and 90s. I mean, I even think of some of my favorite punk bands. I mean, they were rocking Mohawks and Mohawks were like, you know, Native Americans. That was their hairstyle. I mean, if you're talking about how hair is like culturally inappropriate, which I think crazy and stupid, but anyway, I think that's that a, I think that may be a bit of a that may be a bit of a stretch. A mohawk, I think, is maybe not necessarily as bad as if you put on like a headdress, <laughs> like a big, oh, like, I'm just big... talking about like cornrows and stuff like that. Like some people oh, got yeah. some people got like, mad at Justin Bieber for getting cornrows, and it's like. Come on. Well, they gave Bo Derek uh, a huge issue about it. And that was when she was like in Sports Illustrated back in the 70s. And it was just, uh, Kim Kardashian, I think she got in trouble for it. I just can't wait for everybody to look the fucking same so they'll get the fuck over it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I can't. I cannot wait for our, our uh, hairless, raceless <laughs> future where we <laughs> all look, We're all uh, look like naked mole rats. I can't wait. Honestly, yeah. imagine how much, if we didn't have like any body hair, imagine how quick you could get ready in the morning. I mean, I could probably get ready about the same amount of time. Uh, I don't see. I, I spend way too much time with my hair, with my beard. Oh, you got the beard too. Yeah. yeah. Well, if I take my beard into account whenever I have it, which I hate having to shave that shit, but, um, yeah, I, I can understand that then. Yeah, it could take a while. No doubt. It does take a while. Uh, we got off topic there again. But yeah, HBO and HP Warner Brothers has been on. They've been on one lately. So we didn't talk about this a couple weeks ago. Or I think last week because we didn't have a podcast. But they just straight up canceled that Batgirl movie. And I'm assuming are burning all the copies of it instead of finishing it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, Kevin Smith gave him a hard time about it because uh, the um, main character who was playing Batgirl, she is Latina, so just you know, they're giving him shit about that. Insane. Um, they spent $90 million already, and they were so unhappy with it that apparently <laughs> this was the just one more domino in them deciding no more HBO Max. 
we're merging we're merging with discovery merging our shit with discovery plus and so now you're going to be able to watch house hunters and finding bigfoot and the batman all in one place which is literally everything for that everything i've always wanted in a streaming service so this sounds fucking sick honestly but i know i can't wait to watch um too cute and uh um you know all those animal shows that i don't typically watch um <laughs> to get down with those um but i will also say that i don't think in this case that's the situation but um, I know Netflix is constantly canceling things after one season, things that people actually enjoy. And I wonder if it's because there's been such a, um, a fight for shows to come back from audiences. And they think that's a good way to drive up revenue and make, um, you know, make sure they get an audience. You know, they tease it. It's kind of like a trailer the first season almost. And then they'll cancel it. And then they'll be like, hey, well, Pretty much, we'll only bring it back unless there's this huge fandom for it. And sometimes that works. Like, that's that might be a business model, right? I see. If I'm Netflix, I'm pissed, <laughs> honestly. But I, I feel like their entire their entire business model up until a few years ago was we have to pay these licensing fees for these shows, no matter what the companies want for them, because you know what is netflix if we lose the office and parks and rec and and stuff like that and and their originals had such like a stamp of quality and i don't feel like any of that's necessarily the case anymore they throw so much shit out there that a netflix original could be literally anything they've got a ton of like crew tr- crew crime true crime <laughs> documentaries okay. yeah, I, I get there eventually thank you um I don't know. I, I don't. I really don't know what the what the way forward is for them. But having, <laughs> yeah, they they really do cancel stuff just for no real reason. It seems like, and I, I think I'm, they don't have an idea of where they need to be. And if they don't meet it, then they say, "All right, you're gone." Even though they don't give it time to mature and stuff. I think somebody, maybe it was the, um, I think it was Mr. Sunday movies. Um, they were talking about the business model of Netflix and how, you know, what is about Stranger Things? What if they cancel that after one season? Because, you know, maybe that isn't then what it is now, which is true. I mean, it takes time for people to find something. It does. And I think that they also made that same point. I think it may have been one of the same similar episodes that releasing an entire season at once just isn't what it used to be you're it's it causes thing what it winds up happening is things are kind of a blip whereas if you're spreading a season of a show out over eight to ten weeks you know it's staying in the conversation so much longer and that's kind of what we're we're talking about umbrella academy a little bit like it's a victim of that like it came out in june and we've you know i finally got around to finishing it you watched it a little bit longer ago but that it was an amazing show, but I feel like it was such a blip on everyone's radar because they dumped all 10 episodes on the same day. And maybe you're the kind of person that blitzes through something in, you know, a weekend, you don't think about it again. Where, yeah, not whereas they got more seasons going. Yeah. It, and I, it seems like they're, they need to kind of rethink that whole 
dumping a season at once thing, which is, it is funny that we're talking about what if streaming was more like cable <laughs> where you have to wait what a week to watch something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bizarre landscape and I don't think anyone has fully figured out exactly how to navigate it because I feel like certain services are still pretty top tier, but everybody's got one, but not all are equal. Like, equal. Does anyone ever talk about Peacock? I I don't even know if I've seen Peacock. I might have seen it. I can't remember. We watch who's got the uh, Nickelodeon shows? That Paramount. 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 Okay, I got Paramount. Wasn't really impressed with Paramount that much, if I'm being honest. Uh, I. But Ryan, thought, it's a mountain of entertainment. Yeah, there's other mountains I'd rather climb. <laughs> As I'm, their I'm slogan big, goes. <laughs> yeah, I think Hulu is. Overall, I think Hulu is probably my favorite. If I had to choose one, it would be Hulu. I think so too, but their originals are not always. I don't know. It's so it's so confusing because Hulu's also Disney. And I kind of wish that Hulu there was just like a Disney plus section on Hulu. You know? Yeah. Like just one just one big app. Like I don't well, I think maybe Disney's so big that they have to separate themselves. Cause I mean, even when you get into Disney, there's multiple subsections. Like you got Marvel, you got Disney of old, you got Disney of new Pixar. I mean, there's like a ton of different ways to break it out. Yeah. And I, and it's, I think that the strategy, at least in this country is that Disney, Disney plus is for Disney originals and for like family friendly content and other stuff that gets produced either, for more like mature audiences goes to Hulu. But I will say that when I was in France, we, um, we logged into Disney plus. And since it was, uh, like there's certain region lock content, like there was a lot of stuff that was Hulu originals. Like I remember seeing ads for was just on Disney plus, like under new releases. And it was weird. Like that movie with Joey King where she's the princess and she's real rude and punching people. I don't know if you've seen that advertised on Hulu, but it was, they ran like ads for it every like fourth ad like a month ago. And that was on there. And a couple other like Hulu originals that um, had come out recently were just, they just got dumped on Disney plus in France, which is, it's just weird. (laughs) It's weird. Maybe maybe they know what's going to succeed over there. They're like, Oh yes, this works for this region of the world. Let's really pump them. Maybe this have a, a different different strategy. I don't I don't know. It's weird, but it's also kind of depressing when you realize that all of these different things are owned by like four different companies at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just yeah. massive, massive corporations that have just own everything and they don't even know what to do with all of it. So Well, I mean, Marvel is like the biggest thing I can think of right now, and I'm sure, you know, Disney you know they're they've already set out their plan for the next two what is the next two phases or next two years next four yeah um, next four years basically <laughs> yeah and that's crazy i've seen dc is working on doing a 10-year thing but i can't help but laugh at dc for trying anything so that was the other thing that all of these ryan what a good job on rolling all of these news stories together just everything just one one thing rolls right into the next thing it's mostly just us going what is 
DC doing? <laughs> Warner Brothers doesn't know what they're doing. DC, by extension, also has no fucking idea really what's what's going on. A ten-year plan. They've canned so many things, and it really seems like they're just on the verge of throwing most of everything else out to try and make some kind of cohesive through line for their properties and that's not their strong suit <laughs> it, it no. isn't and you know they got a lot of random stuff coming like we have the new joker movie that's set to release i believe in two years folly um, adieu with lady it's gaga gonna be, it's going to be a musical which is going to be weird i don't know how that works out um and it's going to take place in the mental institution so I don't know how that's going to play out because now you're talking about more of a closed quarter kind of background or setting. And then um, they've got the what, flash uh, coming up. Apparently. Yeah, but they don't even know if they're going to do that either because Ezra Miller and I see there's a bunch of people because Ezra Miller stole alcohol. And I think it was just like the straw that broke the camel's back because <sighs> they're getting him with felony uh, stealing and they can't find the people that were living with him. Um, so who knows? They may be buried in a backyard somewhere. Um, that that cat, I don't know. They had an emergency meeting. That cat's gone, man. Um, and then I I saw today, I posted uh, right before we started this, they have not greenlit the Batman sequel. I, I, so you got like multiple characters or same characters in multiple different universes and not going, to, and you can't combine them. And how would you combine them? I don't know. It's, it's not really thought out. It doesn't seem like. I mean, Ben Affleck's reprising his role as Batman. Oh, yeah. And the <laughs> new Aquaman. <laughs> it yeah, they, doesn't make sense. They don't. <laughs> it's, it gives me a headache, like, just listening to that, honestly. Like, they really, there's no strategy. There's no cohesiveness. They, they really just seem to be throwing a bunch of shit at the wall and hoping that something, anything sticks. And if you, if someone had told you like, I don't know, 15 years ago, based on the cast of characters that Marvel had access to, to make movies about. So they'd lost Spider-Man, the X-Men and the fantastic four. And it's like, who the fuck is Marvel going to make movies about? And DC had all of these wealth of characters to draw from that we'd be sitting here now and laughing about how poorly DC has implemented anything and gotten anything to gain traction as opposed to the absolute juggernaut that the Marvel cinematic universe is <laughs> and will, they will just continue to make stuff for, for the next 150 years. Apparently <laughs> it's, well, I thought they kind of found their, their niche with, um, you know, Shazam, um, the first, um, Wonder Woman and even Aquaman, the first one I thought, you know, they were kind of finding their thing. They were stepping out of the shadow of, like, the Batman movies that Christopher Nolan did. Um, Justice League. I, yeah, I, you know, I'm just going to throw this out here. V for Vendetta, uh, I, which is a very gritty kind of movie that I thoroughly enjoy. It's my favorite superhero movie. Um, and that's the whole DC. But, yeah, they went and screwed the pooch, man. They never really got it together. They kind of stayed in their own little zone. They never really got out of their comfort zone. And then when they did, it was like too little, too late. 
I I would argue that they did get out of their comfort zone. They just don't know how to make good movies. <laughs> I think they relied too heavy on trying to make things dark and gritty to keep it like Batman. And then yeah. they were like, oh, this isn't working. Maybe we should make this a little more fun. Like kind of like the Marvel movies, you know, where it seems more family oriented. And and then when they did that, it was kind of like, eh, kind of work here's and there's. Yeah, but, some of them work, and, but some of them are still bad. I, I, it, it's 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 just wild and the the quality even when you get people that work on i think because let me look up who directed the first wonder woman i think it was uh patty it was patty i can't remember her last name director patty jenkins she did both of the wonder womans and we both really liked that first one that second one was fucking bad it was a bad was, movie was soft. and it it's terrible like, what is I surely, you know, Patty Jenkins did not forget how to tell a good story or direct a movie between the first and second one. What that tells me is that that's the studio probably getting involved way too much and messing with, you know, and because they just don't know what they want. And that's that's why you get, you know, one that's, you know, pretty good. And then you get a fucking that second one was was horrible. It was a really, really bad movie. And it reminded me of back in the day when sequels were usually bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will um, say that. Um, never mind. I've lost my train of thought. Go ahead. So. <laughs> I will say, oh, it's gone. It's immediately gone. <laughs> I, I had it for a second. It must be the COVID brain that I don't have. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it. They're they're a fucking mess over there. It's I and I don't understand. And I don't understand the whole the whole Batgirl thing. Like what? I really want to know what, how wrong they felt that that movie was going. That they not only were like no more theatrical release, they were like, we're not even bothering to finish this. Like everyone's fired. We're going to w- come around to everyone's house and put a magnet over your hard drive. So you can't make a copy <laughs> of this. Like every well, it's fucking gone. You this know, if it was that bad, maybe we were entering into, and I've seen some Marvel movies kind of like this. Where, you know, it just seems like they're kind of getting to where they're running their course. How many times can you go back to the well and make something good, you know? I mean, they had this plan for four years, but honestly, nothing good can last forever. And just the thought that Marvel's even made it 10 years after being bankrupt, uh, you know, to get this far. I mean, they're like top dog or one of the top dogs. And... You know, maybe superhero movies are starting to see a little bit of resistance because people want to see something different. And, you know, the next thing is going to be on its way before too long, you know? Yeah, this is really giving me, a, I would love to do maybe an alternate, a series where we look at the year 2008, where we do Iron Man versus Dark Knight. And we saw two extremely different visions of where superhero and comic book movies could go. And they were were two very different versions, but they were both really, really good. But it's crazy to think that after that one took a nosedive, even by the third movie in that trilogy, uh, (laughs) very, very divergent sort of uh, paths that they, that they took there. 
and yeah. just Iron Man yeah, if, alone sucked. Fascinating. It, I would love to if to do like an alternative history where Iron Man one bombed and DC movies were the only sort of comic book movies that kind of got made. Marvel just goes bankrupt. <laughs> well, we that were kind of living in that world, weren't we? I mean, granted, you had uh, Spider Man, but really, what was Marvel or what was Marvel really giving people prior to like Spider Man movies? Like they were licensing out stuff to Sony, and that was yeah. <laughs> I mean, they weren't really doing anything. I mean, I guess uh, X Men. Like, I mean, that was good, but X Men can, and maybe that's just where I'm at right now is X-Men back in the day. doesn't really hold a candle to like, that was 20th century Fox, I guess yeah. part of the, part of the reason why after the, after Disney bought 20th century Fox, when we went to see dark Phoenix, they just kind of put that out there <laughs> and yeah, it really flew way. under the radar. And we both kind of well, forgot we saw it until we brought it up like two years later. <laughs> Well, they got that Mutants movie that came out that I've still not seen. That I'm like, oh, I should probably see that at some point. Um, but I, you know, will it happen? I don't know. And speaking of things that they're canceling over at DC, I seen like uh, Static Shock stuff like that. They're canning all that, which is weird because you see that, but also um, Peacemaker, who is also a DC property, right? Am I correct in that? Yeah, uh, potentially on the chopping block. I don't think he's on the chopping block, but they talked about Blue Beetle um, coming out. And, like, I don't know. It's like it's wealthy in some places and not in others. And maybe they're just trying to change who they are. Like, if you say, like, hey, we're going to continue with Peacemaker, which is very hyper violent and tough stuff, versus like an, a, a very um, minuscule character, like, as far as the comics go. I mean, he's just completely like a nobody um versus like you know static shock and stuff maybe they were making like a start movie and then they wanted to change their identity i don't know because you see how successful the boys are like i don't great i don't think that we'll see batman be like you know ripping people's faces off but the new oh, batman no. was very gritty as well and it, it was successful yeah, I think that this it just comes down to the studio kind of making the right decisions and I don't have the faith in them right now to make enough of those good decisions for a 10-year plan to actually even be a 2-year plan. It seems like they just really don't Yeah, they don't they don't know what direction they want to go and they keep, you know, they have one good movie and then one bad movie and then they just kind of react and change stuff and fire people and cancel stuff. And they don't, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to make it better for them either. I mean, yeah, you want to write something better, but I mean, you, ha you have to have enough people writing it. It's like a song. I mean, nowadays it's multiple people writing one song. So you need the right team in there. You need to make it jive and do what it needs to do. But you know, and how do you do that and start building an empire up? You know, you have like one good movie. I mean, you got to start there, but then you want to also kind of branch off quickly. So you're like, oh, we got a good movie here. Now we're going to follow with this particular character. And maybe we'll kind of visit this character over here and make a good movie there and give yourself a, a solid foundation and start building yourself up. I, I don't 
they haven't done that. And I don't know what's going they, on there. They need a Kevin Feige or someone like him to, uh, to really plan ahead and steer the ship. And, and if they want that sort of universe cohesion, then they need to stick to it. Uh, you know, and if you want to just decide to do everything is uh, a different version of a character and they're all unrelated, then maybe do that too. But when you're trying to build a connected universe and then you're recasting people because they don't, aren't interested in coming back or, you know, one of your actors is a felon in Hawaii and is trying to fight the entire population of Hawaii and stealing Who people. Who could never be talking about? I don't know. I'm just, these are all hypotheticals. I'm mean, it'd be crazy okay. if something like this actually happened, but <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it, it feels like it's too late. It's just kind of going to be cont- more of the same, you know, we'll get a good thing every now and then, but most of it will probably be kind of mediocre. They they've missed the that train has already left the station for them to emulate that kind of success that Marvel has and has established, and it I just don't see a way back from them for them <laughs> right now. Yeah, I don't see it coming back anytime. Um, um, so Jake, I'm gonna blitz through because we have entered our first hour. Um, I see. <laughs> That Prey is Hulu's biggest premiere ever, which we are going to discuss next week. Absolutely, because I'm going to watch it, and you've already watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, spoilers, it's pretty good. Um, let's see. Um, Sonic 3 is going to be coming out December 20th, 2024. Will it include Jim Carrey, I think, is the biggest story, or biggest question. Um, it'll be interesting to see because he said he's done but i would also not be surprised if that comes back a lie (laughs) um i seen that steve martin is saying that his only murders character is going to be his last character that he plays he was actually going to retire before the show happened and then he got the offer for the show and then I don't know. His final act has been greater than some of probably his middle act, at least. Um, let's see. Tom Cruise is developing three new projects: uh, an original song and dance style musical, whatever, original Great. action film with franchise potential. What could that be? Top Gun, Mission Impossible. I mean, the dude's sixty. Uh, Top one Gun thing the musical. Yeah, maybe you should combine them. You're right. Um, Or uh, there's another one, which was highly thought that he might do this like 10 years ago, a project including the Tropic Thunder character, Les Grossman. Now that is something that everyone would love to see. (laughs) It would be fun. It would not negotiate with terrorists. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A live action movie based on Pac-Man is in the works. I I don't know how that's going to work. And it's um, by the same producers that brought you Sonic the Hedgehog. So I can't wait to see what horrific it see if they fuck Pac-Man up as badly as they fucked the first version of Sonic that we saw. <laughs> it's just gonna be some guy painted up yellow 
being he's, like running around. I hope they don't make it exactly like Sonic. That's going to be so annoying. He's going to look like a big fleshy beach ball with human teeth. And it's yeah. going to be horrific. It's going to be so gross. <laughs> Maybe we should just leave Pac-Man alone, you know? <laughs> um, some sad news. Olivia Newton-John passed away. All right, um, uh, No doubt. Um, I sent my family a text message when I saw that happen. I was like, damn. Damn, indeed. But I think that is pretty much all the news. Um, She-Hawk will be coming out next week. I mean, we won't. That'll be after our next week's podcast, hopefully in the same room. Um, But that's coming out next week. So we can also mention and talk about that as well in the future. Yeah. So, yeah, probably pray next week. She-Hulk week after. Down these, are, clown. these are our plans. And you know what? They are very much subject to change because everything is kind of crazy right now. Traveling so. and getting sick and traveling and getting sick. And that's kind of what's the last six weeks have been like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think I'll be out and about in public like a lot in the future. So I'm just going to be a recluse. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, no real, no real segue there. We're just going to go straight in. It's time to talk. Uh, maybe, uh, yeah. So full, full spoilers for season three of Umbrella Academy, uh, because we've finally finished watching it. And by we, I mean I did. Uh, I finished watching it last week, and we we're going to talk about last week, but didn't happen. So here we are this week. Well, Is well, this we've too late? Touched on a lot of it. Because um, does anyone care about it at this point? I don't know. Well, they will fucking listen. Um, but again, just to revisit this for anyone who um, is curious, I think this is my favorite season of this show so far. Um, season one, not very good. Season two, really enjoyed it. Season three, I think probably the best one yet. And it's refreshing to see a show that actually improves the longer it goes instead of running out of ideas and getting worse. Um, yeah. And I think the highest points of this season are probably higher than any of the the other seasons. Uh, but it did have a few lulls, and just and some some portions of this show where the CGI looked incredible and everything was just so cohesive and and was all pointing in the right direction. Then there's some other points where it looked like hmm, not we as were good running at- out of money. <laughs> um the high points if we're talking about cgi man that monkey looks good that is a great looking cgi monkey that is only in the show for like one episode and probably only like 10 minutes maybe yeah but he's in a biker gang and that and then he was training the sparrows in that karate dojo that was fucking yeah. sick um and some low points where in the very last episode when they were in the big computer thing and they're all souls were getting drained or whatever. I was like, this looks fucking bad. (laughs) This looks so flat and just not very good. Well, it could be, it was a made up area. Like, you know, so they kind of get away with it a little bit, but yeah, I agree. It was not good. It was so distractingly bad. It really kind of took away some of the emotional resonance that that moment was supposed to have <laughs> where I was just distracted. Be like, Oh, this is, not look good. 
And strange, you'd think you'd want to pour more money into your climax. You know? That's what I that's how I usually do it. <laughs> I knew something like that would be coming my way. That's what she said. <laughs> or he said. But yeah, what did how, how do you feel that this whole season stacks up as opposed to the first two? Well, I think what I find alluring about the the show and about the season is the mystery. It's the same thing I really pulled me into Loki is that um, Loki uh, is the <laughs> fact <Loki>. that <laughs> that you are like being flipped in all these different ways and you're like trying to figure out what the fuck is uh, going on, you know? And I kind of enjoy that and that's really pulled me into the show this go around because I feel like there's a lot of different plot points going on that maybe we didn't have that were so interesting. I, Luther and Diego both became interesting characters to me this season, whereas they were just kind of side characters. I was like, whatever about, you know, Klaus and Prime, um, I think, are always like the main characters that people are very interested in. I know I am, at least. As they because should be. <laughs> yeah, they're always doing stuff or they're, you know, getting into some kind of crazy conundrum. Um, but I think this year, those two got it. And especially, um, like, the hotel within the hotel and stuff like that, um, trying to figure out what's going on with, you know, their dad. And then how are they going to handle Ben, who's being portrayed in a different way, you know? I say that the actor who plays Ben, he's done a really good job at being um, a good guy. Being a bad guy kind of falters a little bit, I thought. It just didn't seem like in his nature, whenever he does, it just seems kind of like forced. I'm like, ooh, I'm a mean girl. I think we did that. We talked, we sort of shit on that last time where we compared it to this, the mirror oh, universe. <laughs> the very universe is Star Trek where everyone's just has a mustache and they act really mean to everyone. It's like, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, not, not quite the, not quite the same there, is it? <laughs> no, I, but I think, you know, there is an inclusion that gives the story a little more intrigue is that we have a different bin that we don't know who is alive. Um, true. And who, right. who can double cross you at any point. And we also have, um, uh, what's Luther's wife's name now? Uh, uh, Sloan. Sloan. I think that her character is kind of interesting because she gives him more dynamics because now he has something to lose. And he isn't such a, I mean, he's still an idiot, but he's an idiot with a big heart. So he gives him like a gentle giant kind of feel. Yeah, he's so had before. Yeah, I I don't think we touched on that, but I really enjoyed their um their love story. I, I yeah. thought that was a good plot point. I think those two actors are really good together, and um I think that just for his, just for his character, he needs that kind of foil to kind of bounce off of because it gives him it it reveals a little bit of added depth, whereas mm -hmm. the, his just goofiness and kind of stupidity was a bit annoying before now yeah. now it seems slightly more endearing just because you gave him a really really 
well-written partner. And I think that the, I looked up the, the actor that, that plays uh, Sloan and I don't think she's been in, she hasn't been in a ton of stuff, but she is um, Mexican American and has been in a bunch of like telenovela um, stuff. She's Mexican American. Yes. Yeah, Spanish language. Oh, she, stuff. Just like a, she just looked like a white girl. <laughs> Well, she's been in a, she is um speaks multiple languages and has does a lot of like uh Spanish language um like drama stuff, but she's oh. really good in this and I, I really enjoyed their love story. I think that that wedding episode was actually one of the highlights um for me just because I thought it was so funny how we build to this big crescendo where you think that you think that the apocalypse is the thing that's going to kill everyone, and you isn't kind of you, you kind of figure out that's not really the case. <laughs> um, that they just kind of give up, and they're like, you know what? We're gonna have a wedding. We're gonna have one good fucking night for the first time in forever. And I, I really enjoyed that. I, I there's some really good moments. The the day, Reggie doing the toast was genuinely some some really good stuff and you when you look around the the cam, the camera so it's a pan it pans around the room and you realize oh there's two of the sparrows left <laughs> that's it all the rest of them are real dead and they are not coming back yeah well i still held out hope that well not hope but i just was very suspect that at some point they would be back um I will say that it's nice to have those what I call breather episodes, and yes. sometimes the breather episode's good, like in this situation, or it could be bad, like in Breaking Bad, whenever they did the fly episode, yeah, mm-hmm. it was fun and funny, but and it kind of broke, but it's like that side before you go into like the final act and shit, not to get crazy. It's just, it's nice to give your audience that, especially if you've thrown a lot at them and you're heading towards a situation where it's going to be a little more dire than it had been in the past. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And it really built up some genuine stakes for this. Like when, b- before this happens, uh, before it builds to this uh, in episode nine, where Luther gets stabbed by the dead, <laughs> which really fucking bummed me out because I was like, Oh, if this is anything like the rest of the deaths in this show, he is dead, dead. Like just the rest of the sparrows are just fucking wasted. Like that one guy got sucked in by the Kugel Blitz and we didn't see him again. Um, and then they just kind of get picked off one by one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, strange, it never took them out. They caused the Kugel Blitz, right? But it never took them out. I don't know if they ever touched on that and explained why the umbrella. Yeah. Why they were the last ones. Like the whole world was falling apart except for the block where the hotel was, and they were fine (laughs) until you know the very end. Was but yeah, there was people who were like the rules were strange. Like people who were in there who may have not had magical powers, um, they were dying. But the bellhop he lasted for a long time. He was like one of the last ones to go. Yeah, and he granted that's writing, but the rules don't make sense in that world for that person. Yeah, and they almost captured it. Uh, they got the brother that's a floating cube to uh, eat it, basically. After they, they, uh, it was what Sloan and Lila, and uh, one of the other ones. Who was it? Uh, was- the kid. 
Yeah, the ones that could do like gravity shit and they like just sucked it into the cube and he did like a fart and they're like, hell yeah, we won. <laughs> and then at, by the end of it, they realize, oh, no, <laughs> it's worse than ever. We They thought that they had contained it, but it just kept getting worse. <laughs> it kept expanding and just blew that city apart. Yeah, you know, I, I enjoyed the the... So for how chaotic and unorganized the umbrellas are, there was genuine feeling within their family. I mean, yeah, yeah, they cut through a lot of bullshit and they had to get over it. But versus like the other team, the Sparrows, wherever, they were less chaotic, but less together. They were, they have the, yeah, on the sur- they have the surface of appearing like a family, but they're actually worse, even though the umbrellas are like a real family in the sense that they fight constantly, but still somehow figure things out at the end <laughs> yeah. where they can work, that, where they can work, work together. That, that wouldn't work in real life. Um, that's just how they're written. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I guess it does say something about like, um, I, I have a cousin and he went to college and they were like, what family is more realistic? The Simpsons or the Cosby's? And the Cosby's were more of a, you know, I don't know. It was just not as chaotic like a family is and how life can be. So his choice was the Simpsons. I remember hearing him say that. And I was like, what's the interesting take? And that kind of makes sense when you think of it that way. Yeah. Um, it's, it's little sort of did he know that Bill Cosby is drugging people. So maybe, <laughs> you know, dad being a serial rapist might be a little, you know, more realistic. Isn't that always the way it is, though? Because things yeah, that probably. are perfect are mostly surface level, and there's some pretty bad shit going on. Usually, they people just don't want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, but sometimes it's good to be open about what's going on. But at the same time, people share entirely too much or put themselves out into crazy situations that they really shouldn't. And I'm guilty of that, that I have chilled out over the years. And I just think, you know, and I'm kind of going off into a tangent, but, um, you know, no. the chaos of the umbrellas versus Sarah, I think, is more realistic. Maybe. They are a really dysfunctional family. Um, that's why the, the, some of the moments where they are getting along, I, I think, really work. I like the whole through line of Klaus and the dead getting along because you got the sense from up to that point that they never did, <laughs> that he was like the one that he hated the most, honestly. And it probably because he was into drugs and stuff before he kind of chilled out with that. But um, I like the through line of that. That's why it was such a bummer when you get to later in the season and you're like, Oh no, <laughs> this guy is still a piece of shit. He's always been a piece of shit. He's just really, really manipulative. And, we get to see that for the first time, really. It was like, oh, he's. he's." And so, some of the. I've dated some girls um, over my life, and some of them seem. Oh, same, brother, same. (laughs) They seem conflicted about their father. And, um, you know, especially when the father comes back into the picture. And I kind of feel this way for Klaus because. Pop has come in back into the picture and he's given him a chance and everything's going well, taught him how to harness his powers. And then it's pretty much like, all right, well, I'm gone. 
you know, the Angels didn't win the pennant, like an Angels in the outfield, you know, the kid's dad coming around, the kid thinks they have a shot to be together, and things are going great. And then, you know, then the dad, ultimately the end is always the same, but the path to get there is different. And sometimes yeah. you, it's more endearing. I don't know. I, endearing was a good way of putting it. Like if you looked at the episode where he they drive out to the country and he teaches them how to, so class's power is <laughs> he can come back from the dead, but it's a, he doesn't really know how to do it, and it takes him like a long time. And the Reggie's just like, no, nah, you got to figure this shit out and get it Wait, like faster. Let me ask you a question. He comes back from the what? The dead. Uh, who was he hanging out with? The dead. <laughs> okay just wanted to make sure we were on the same page <laughs> so yeah the dad takes him out so he can learn to come back from the dead and, <laughs> and he teaches him how to play what they call it bus ball where he <laughs> just throws a ball and he's like catch this and he gets fucking hit by a bus <laughs> love this whole sequence love this whole montage where it's just over and over again, where he's timing him how long it takes him to come back. Have the dead times him to take how long it comes back from the dead. <sighs> You'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked this. I, I like seeing them together. I think that those two actors definitely, um, they played off of each other well. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, and that's why it kind of hurt uh, when the dad is like, now you're all dead. I'm kill yeah, you and he sacrifices Luther to get and the Klaus. team together. He's well, like, Klaus, he sacrifices you're... Luther first to get what he wants, right? Um, which, once again, the manipulative part. And then, um, then when he has enough people, he whatever he cuts the fat essentially. So there's the impending doom of the the Kugelblitzes coming in and eating everything and destroying the world and everybody has to go in this tunnel which is white buffalo room and you go down this corridor or like this long hallway it takes you to this room and once to you get oblivion to the, yeah but then you're pretty much in another hotel the same hotel is just backwards so it's slightly different um yeah. There's got to be, what, exactly seven of them, and there's four guardians, which for some reason are all dressed up like giant samurai, and they've got to they've got to kill all of them, and then he needs seven of them to basically, yeah, drain their life force so that he can restart this machine uh, that will reset the universe. Yeah, and I don't know. How did you feel about the fight scenes with um, the samurai? Yeah. <laughs> I just seemed like a filler kind of thing for me. Like it was just a way to get to where we needed to. So it was a big place that we were going to, you know? But yeah. I it, think it that seemed flat for that part. There are some genuinely good action scenes uh, in this season and in this series, but uh, not really in that last episode. Not really, not for a, not for a climax, but this show's always been better when it focuses, you know, on the relationship between characters and their own bullshit and drama rather than out and out action. If you're watching yeah. this for the action, you're probably going to be a little bit let down because even as far as a, something based on a comic book, it's kind of light on action. I would say for the most part. 
Yeah, it's a very dialogue heavy, very emotional. Um, and yeah, I agree. I think a lot of drama too. I mean, um, I think back to like season one when uh, it was Vanya at the time was dating that guy and then he was using her and ultimately created her to be like the doomsday bomb. But mm-hmm. um, I can't remember what he was going to do to her, but I remember that she flipped out on him and like killed him and stuff and ran away. It was first season. Like he was her boyfriend and it just, he was using her and he was a dick or whatever. He really was. I forgot about that dumbass motherfucker. Cause yeah, he was like, I, I want cello anything. lessons. And she's like, great. <laughs> I love teaching the cello, I think, or was it the violin? It was one of those instruments. It's a violin. Oh, well, so a really small cello that you can put on your shoulder. Yeah, because I remember her having being all like blue and white and then having a white uh, violin. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I forgot yeah. about that. Um, yeah, some other twists and turns along the way. You had Harlan, who you find out accidentally killed everybody's mom in this version of the universe but maybe except that's for ben. except for ben because <laughs> he never met him yeah and i don't know how that power worked either that he could sense people but i mean he taught victor how to harness that um Pogo. we gotta touch on her too oh yeah yeah we should really um mean <laughs> She's kind of sucks. She had a lot of loss, and it's hard for her to cope. Yeah, she lost more than arguably anybody else uh, throughout. She because she lost a daughter and uh, a husband through the various timelines that they've jumped through, and she's just over it. She's like, "Fuck this family! I'm gonna start drinking." Um, Really supportive of Victor as Victor, you know, kind of transitioned from Vanya to, to Victor and. She was just like, yeah, like your family. I love you. I'm here for you no matter what. And then Victor has that plan with Harlan where she, she it doesn't really work out, but she's, he also keeps it kind of a secret from, from everybody else. And um, Allison feels super, super betrayed by that. And then everyone else gets pissed and uh, it's just a whole fucking mess. I feel like everyone, Diego is always trying to shoot out on his own, do his own thing. He's like, Hey, you're pissed off. You want to go fight some, some racist people in a bar. Go punch Yeah, <laughs> that was a while. I was like, oh, okay. So this is what we're doing. Um, I mean, do what you have to, I guess. But I mean, they were looking for trouble and it could have been bad. I will say her character is kind of night and day. I understand that she was dealing with some emotional things. Do you think that this all takes place over like a couple of weeks? Because, I mean, they've gone, each season's only like, I mean, it goes straight into the next season, really. Right. So present day was supposed to be 2019, and supposedly everything's been, it's been three weeks since the start of season one, even though they were stuck in the 1960s for like five years or something like that. Yeah, because they all dropped in at different parts, and then they all had their regroup. Yeah. Um, But Allison, man, I tell you, she... um, one thing that I did not like that she did amongst other things is where she used, uh, um, Oh, muscle man. Uh, Luther. Luther. She, she used him and was like, you can't go anywhere. You can stay with me. 
And then oh, she yeah. was like, you, I have a rumor you want me or whatever. And then like, then whenever he came on to her, she like got mad about it, acted weird. I'm just like, dude, this is what you wanted. So their relationship before in the past had been very, um, will they, won't they, you know? Yeah, very different. Um, obviously, obviously not the same now. And I think that, <laughs> I guess it is complicated because it's still family technically because they had maybe the same adoptive father, but none of these people are, are related um, by blood at least not that we know of um, cuz but yeah i guess you could say luther and sloan have the same dad but not really because it's a diff a different version or a different i don't know it's <laughs> well, <but laughs> time travel stuff's weird they came from different parents that even though um, their parents were different i mean they all had superpowers so their brother and sister in the sense there are Super twins together, but at the same time, they didn't come from the same bloodline. Right, but they were all—they were all adopted by Reginald Hargreaves. So, did they already have the same last name? So, when they get married, they're like, "Oh, don't even have to fill out the marriage certificate because we have the same last name already." Makes sense to me. I'm sure <laughs> there has been a lot of powwows between stepbrothers and stepsisters. At least that's what the internet leads us to believe. It. I've seen so many things discussing this very topic. <laughs> In depth. You have no idea the depths of my research <laughs> that I poured in specifically for the Umbrella Academy. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that Alice and she um, had, a, you know, I think a lot of characters that were side characters, they've kind of added more depth to this season, which is great. Um, makes me hate some of them more, really Allison more um, than like her, but I can, you know, I can see where she's coming from at the same time. Does that set her up to be like an evil character? What's going to happen with the new Ben in the future? What new world that we're in with um, Reginald and his wife, where he owns everything in the yeah. future? He reset the universe. Allison still has her powers, I assume. Luther's um, real skinny. Rumor anymore. <laughs> um, so there's just a, uh, there's going to be some changes. So it's kind of like a Rubik's cube. We're kind of on a different plane, but slightly askew. Uh, but the colors on the surface are a little mit- mismatched. And I think the ultimate goal, obviously, is to get back to where you were and to solve the cube. But we're kind of going through, um, you know, different. Um, alignments of that Rubik's cube to get home. Yeah. It really makes you wonder how all of this ends. And also really makes me worried that Netflix will just cancel this. Like they do everything else. (laughs) So in a way I would not be surprised if this was it, but I would really like to see where it goes from here. Cause I enjoy this show. Oh yeah. And Sloan was missing. So everybody shows up except for her, Uh, all the rest of the sparrows. Yeah, all the rest of Sparrows are dead. Uh, but Luther was dead and but he suddenly comes back. Uh, even though like Klaus sort of pulled it back from the void, but he couldn't hold on. Um, so it looks like Luther and Sloan kind of traded places. So I don't she's just missing. So I, I don't <laughs> But Ben made it. I feel yeah. it doesn't make sense some of these rules in this 
universe don't make sense. Like I get the writers want to keep the original core cast together who've been there from the beginning, but I, I couldn't remember what happened with Sloan. And it's kind of the same as they didn't bring her over because like we said, it gives Luther more of a foil. And now it's uh, is he gonna be this next season's um, Allison and Allison is going to be uh, and fulfilled like she's got her kid she's got her husband and yeah I really hope it's not like that where he's just like drunk and sad and like I don't oh, want to see that I don't want that <laughs> but what we can say is it's an alternate universe so uh, Harlan wasn't a part of this universe, so he could go technically go out and find it somewhere. Oh, and his dead Reggie's dead wife is alive. Yeah. So, so and he owns everything. It looks kind of like the Tron uh, universe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it does have that kind of um, <laughs> feel to it. It is. Um, he was waiting for him. It seems like too. Yeah. So, and then the cat's out of the bag too, because whenever um, Allison killed him, when they were in that particular bubble, you know, it cut open his, his head. And I mean, he did not have a normal person's head. He's like a bug man, which yeah, we knew in season two he was. Yep. Yep. And he's also immortal, maybe, or just lives for a really long time because he discovered yeah. the hotel. Or the he discovered the the portal or whatever and built a hotel there in like nineteen twenty or whatever when and he looked not that much younger. So what? <laughs> Some would say he looked the same age. He looked the same age he did in the nineteen sixties when they ran into him. So I don't I don't know what is exactly. I mean, he's not human, but still can die apparently and get old. So who who knows exactly what what the deal is there? I don't know. I just make it make sense, but maybe it doesn't matter. You know, maybe we just have to accept these rules or lack thereof and just enjoy what we're watching because the emotional drama is what we're there for. I think that's really the opera. That is a good point. And I think that I wholeheartedly agree. That's really what this is about. I don't think you're supposed to get too caught up with the rules of all of this because even the characters don't seem to understand them. Five is always like, yeah, I'll explain it to a point, but it after a little bit, it's just like, yeah, I don't know exactly. <laughs> so if I'm not worried about it, I guess the rest of you shouldn't be either. <laughs> and anyone watching this, you just kind of accept it. <laughs> so, but, uh, Good show, and in my opinion, best season yet. Yeah, looking forward to uh, see what season four is going to be about. Uh, hopefully sooner than later. Yeah, hopefully so. But um, yeah, I think that'll probably probably do us for this week, don't you think? Yeah, we, we uh, went on a nice little tangent there. Yeah, um, good little chat. Yeah, so next week, pray. Also, um, we've been watching Only Murders in the Building. We'd like to touch a little bit on that as well. Um, that may be double stuff, but I think um, by the time this time next week, um, the last episode of Only Murders in the Building will have been released. 
Okay. Well, we'll catch up on that then. Well, trying to pick a plan. Two Hulu, two apparently good Hulu originals next oh. week. Oh yeah. Well, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, as we say at the end of this and every episode of Almost Accurate. Nighty night, bitches. Until next time, folks. <laughs>